0: You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as the family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. So if you are new with us this morning, um, yeah, we like Jesus, and we believe he's active in our lives. Uh, we're not just here to go to a service or to fulfill our religious duty time card, we're here to experience God, we're here to experience uh, the God of this universe who is not distant from us, but he's actually, you know, in our, in our lives, active in our situations. And so um, sometimes we get a little off our plan because that's where he's off, so we want to follow him, right? We're followers, all of us, every one of us is supposed to be a good, good follower of Jesus, so that means he's in the lead and not us. Um, so we're just really excited what God's doing this morning, honestly. Um, So this morning, if you were with us last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit and we talked about the need to know who the Holy Spirit is. So uh, basically the whole message was just setting up the idea, the Holy Spirit is someone we have to get to know. It's not some um, you know, weird force or weird, you know, thing that a Christian gets. It's a person that we get to know, part of the Godhead, right? We talked about the Trinity and the importance of understanding that within the Trinity, there's three different persons. Now, are one in nature, one in God, one in all that they desire, to, you know, to do for the world. Like, that's what the oneness means, but they're still separate beings. And so we actually get to know a father, a son, And the Holy Spirit. And as I said last week, sometimes for us in the Christian world, we've made the Holy Spirit really weird. Um, We're not supposed to make him really weird. Sometimes he does things that are out of the norm. But this this is what I really think. We're living out of the norm of our design. We were designed to be spiritual beings. From the beginning of time... God set us up to live in a certain way and to, I mean, honestly, death was never part of our design. That came because we messed it up, because we sinned, because we walked away from God. So there's this design of relationship with God and our Father in heaven and the Son and the Holy Spirit that we're supposed to have, but we haven't experienced it fully yet just because of the brokenness of our lives and of the world. This is what God's doing. He's restoring. The earth. He's restoring his people. So I always say it this way God's original plan that we see a glimpse of in Genesis 1 and 2 is his ultimate plan. He's redeeming us to that place. He's redeeming us to what he designed us to always be like in relationship with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our life and and living in actually what we would say a supernatural way is actually more natural than the way we're living right now. We're experiencing a broken world, not a world that is right. And so we're experiencing broken bodies and broken relationships and broken situations. The Holy Spirit comes in, and it actually is going to begin to help align us with our design, with the way God's created us to be. And so the Holy Spirit, we've been talking about soul training, absolutely necessary in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit. We see Jesus needing the Holy Spirit right, right before his ministry. It says, the heavens split open and you hear the Father's voice. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then it says, the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus like a dove. Listen, if, the, if Jesus needs the Holy Spirit, you and I need the Holy Spirit. Okay? So what are we going to talk about today? Not just all of that. We talked about that last week. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. This week, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes to give us good gifts. So I want to start um, in Acts 1-8 and just kind of approach this topic quickly. So um, Acts 1-8 says this. This is Jesus, some of his last words. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you And you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Okay. Um, In Christianity, there's lots and lots of controversy and debate around the Holy Spirit. Okay? Tons. And even more so around the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, whether those gifts are still active in our lives today, whether they were just for the apostles, or maybe they were just for the early church before the Bible existed. There's all sorts of musing about it. One of the debates is is something called initial evidence, meaning, you know, as Christians, we just want to box everything up perfectly and understand exactly what God's going to do and how he's going to do it every time. And I would just love to say, let's see how that's worked out for us. In my opinion, it's kind of a, it's kind of an arrogance of humanity to think that we can fully box up and maybe sometimes we call it doctrine. Now, I'm not trashing doctrine. I like doctrine. I like the study of understanding how and the nature of God and how we serve him. But sometimes we box it up and it's really out of our own arrogance to try to say this is exactly what God's like. It doesn't work that way. Well, one of the things we've boxed up it, and, and it's kind of a big debate is this idea of initial evidence so as a Christian I want to make sure that I know that you have the Holy Spirit so I'm going to say there's a whole doctrine around how to determine that and the argument here is the determination of initial evidence of having the Holy Spirit in your life is and this is what a lot of people would say speaking in tongues we're going to talk about this gift it's probably the weirdest one there is is speaking in tongues or speaking in a heavenly language as some of Scripture interprets it or speaking in unknown languages. And so there's this whole debate that would say in Christianity, you don't have the Holy Spirit if you don't have this gift. I'm going to say right now, very boldly, that's wrong. And And if you're frustrated with me, I'd love to talk to you later about it. I will tell you real quick what I think, and I'm going to say I, think is the initial evidence from Jesus' mouth to us, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let's see what he says again. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. I think the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit in our life is the power and boldness for us to actually tell somebody what just happened to us. That when we come to Jesus in our life and we experience His goodness, we we all, we catch a glimpse of God's nature and we receive that grace. Somehow, the Holy Spirit can actually embolden us to now tell someone else. I think that is the first initial, the evidence that we really maybe have a change happening within us. Is I have the desire to now tell someone else. In fact. Whenever someone tells me like they're just terrified to witness, what I say is, "Well, then you need the Holy Spirit." Because that's really what Jesus really doesn't say a lot about the Holy Spirit, except in John 14, and we talked about what he said there. But when it comes down to his gifts, the first thing that he mentions is, "You'll be my witnesses. You'll have power from the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses." They they're put together. In fact, if we want to be the witnesses for Jesus that we desire to be or that God's designed us to be, if we want to be the people that uh, someone looks at and says, why does your life look different? Why do you act different? Why do you think different? Why do you have joy in such a difficult situation? Why do you have hope in such a, a desolate situation? Then we could point and actually be able to say, oh, it's because of Jesus. That really happens because the Holy Spirit's in us. I believe the Holy Spirit comes on everyone the minute you receive Jesus. I don't think they're separate, really, at all. I mean, they're separate beings, but when we're inviting Christ into our lives, we're inviting God. We get the Father, we get the Son, we get the Holy Spirit. Now, I do believe it's all relationally based, so you can have a relationship that's a from a distance. So someone might be experiencing the Holy Spirit in greater ways simply because they allow the Holy Spirit in a greater relationship in their life. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's picked that person and wants to give them extra gifts. It simply means you've let them in closer. You know, I I always think about it in this way. We see Jesus with his disciples, right? And we kind of see them broke up into different groups, and you've got, you actually he's got about 70 followers that are very consistent disciples with him throughout his whole ministry. 70. But then we really, a lot of times, hear just about the 12 that Jesus kind of picks out of them. And then there's three, even from that 12, that tend to break off and have like extra time with Jesus. And then there's one who's so audaciously close to Jesus, he calls himself the most beloved disciple. John. He writes his whole gospel in the third person, calling himself the most beloved disciple. And in fact, at one point, we know it says that John rested his head on Jesus' chest. A little weird. But think about the closeness. And and this is what I really believe. I don't think Jesus is like, John, you're extra special. Come sit next to me. I think John had the least amount of boundaries and obstacles between him and his relationship with Jesus. He was probably the first one to just get close, to try to get in as he desired the most to be closest to Jesus and, and maybe just circumstances in the other's lives. they kind of held Jesus at a little bit of a distance trying to figure out who is this guy? Is he really the Messiah? Or is he just a great teacher? And John just seems to dive head in. I think that's the same with the Holy Spirit. How much do you want a relationship with him? How much do you want to experience the Holy Spirit in your life? It's up to you. He doesn't force himself into our lives. He doesn't force himself into our, our situations or our circumstances. I think it's always an invitation with God. And the Holy Spirit is no different. And so when we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our life, I think it's an invitation. Jeez, I'll say it almost every morning. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, help me have faith today. As Josh talked about, and we're going to read in 1 Corinthians, that faith is actually a gift of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes when I'm not having faith and I realize it, my head's in a good space, I'll say, Holy Spirit, I need some faith today. I don't have it on my own. Holy Spirit, I want to believe for this healing. Holy Spirit, I want to believe for this situation. And I think when we invite the Holy Spirit, he's not like, hmm, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. How about you ask again? How about you repeat a prayer 10,000 times and then I'll listen? That's not how it works. He's waiting, he's eager to be in our lives. We just have to simply invite him in. So, Acts 1 8, I just wanted to really deal with that. Boldness and power, I believe, is the initial evidence of us to tell people about Jesus everywhere. That is what we should be really asking the Holy Spirit to do in us. Okay, so let's move on. And now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to kind of roll through a lot today, and then I I, I hope to have a few moments to pray. Um, Let's just jump to 1 Corinthians 12, all right? So 1 Corinthians 12, I love Paul. Paul writes letters to the church, and he gets quite specific at times, and all of this information is so good for us. It helps us understand a little bit deeper. Sometimes when Jesus didn't say some stuff, Paul writes these things in his letters, and so really 12, 13, and 14 in First Corinthians deals a lot with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and their place in the church, and so I'm going to read through a whole bunch of this, and we're going to kind of of nail down a bunch of things so you understand that we all understand What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? What does he have for us? And how can it affect our lives? Okay? So let's just jump in. uh, Verse 12. Let's just start in one. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, which just means people who don't follow God, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. Okay, listen. If you are doing something in your life to glorify God, Paul says right here, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. You can't, we can't even say Jesus is good or Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit helping us to say that. And if someone is saying Jesus is Lord, Paul is saying it's from God. It's from the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say there's different kinds of spiritual gifts. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. And then verse 6, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other. So listen, every person can have spiritual gifts. Every person. You have not done enough bad things in your life to keep you from having spiritual gifts. Okay? They're they're ready and waiting for you. Again, it's a reception thing. We have to desire them and we have to ask for them. But God has spiritual gifts for your life. And here is the next big thing it's not just for you. Paul says to help each other. To one person, and here we're going to just see a whole bunch of the gifts laid out. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, to another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another ability to prophesy. And he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages or tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. All right. So let's just make this list. Wise advice. Gift of the Holy Spirit. Special knowledge. God speaking to you and giving you information about someone that you shouldn't know. Okay? Great faith. Believing for the impossible when it doesn't seem possible. Healing. We understand that. We're believing for healing. Miracles. I mean, I always think miracles equals healing, but there's other miracles, right? Prophecy. Sometimes we make prophecy weird. Simply it's this. It's when God speaks to us a message for others. And so we prophesy. Prophecy just means this, to say out loud. That's what prophecy means. To say out loud a message from God. So sometimes, actually, we do it here on a Sunday morning. You'll hear someone speak in a microphone, or maybe someone comes up here to share a message they feel God spoke to them. That is prophecy, it's a prophetic word. It's, hey, I feel God spoke this to me, and it's now for you. Where are we at? Discernment. This is a really, really important one that doesn't get talked about enough. Discernment. What's true and not true? How many of us want that in this world? Just spend 10 minutes on Facebook or 10 minutes reading differing news news headlines. Discernment is an extremely powerful and important gift to us. What is true and, and right in the world? God can give us that gift. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, can give us that gift. Speak in unknown languages or speaking in tongues. Tongues just means languages. And we've made it this kind of weird spiritual thing. Now, I'm going to talk about this one exclusively in just a few minutes because I think people want more explanation about it. And then it says this, the ability to interpret those tongues. So, actually, in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit comes down upon uh, the disciples, it says they're praying in this upper room, and then it says tongues of fire, which I have no idea what that looks like, rested upon their heads, and it says they went out, into the streets, and they began to speak in unknown languages, or tongues. So they were speaking a language they didn't understand, but then what was crazy about it was the people on the street understood them. And they were speaking languages of people, so the The reason that makes some sense in this story is that this was the time of a festival. So all of these people had gathered from other nations and other places that were recognizing Jewish holidays, and many of them spoke different languages. So the disciples were now speaking their languages and speaking about God. So that's one part of speaking in unknown languages. There's another part of it that I'll describe shortly. Okay, and then the the ability to interpret those. And then it says, this is a great one, helping others. I'm going to jump down to uh, chapter 12, verse 26. It says, Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others. This is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Can you help others? You have a gift of the Holy Spirit. I think probably the greater gift is can you do it with a good attitude? Have you ever met someone that's just always helping? Always. That's not just a personality. It is, but there's something, there's a gift inside some of us that is just there to help people. And then this one. Those who have the gift of leadership. Leadership is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Can you gather people to follow you? I think... I, I, I say this in Christianity when, when we talk as leaders and in different times when I've done some teaching with other groups, is that leadership in Christianity is someone who can create the best followers. <laughs> because really, we need to be the best followers of Christ. And so, leadership in Christianity is just teaching someone else to be a good follower too. The gift of leadership. So let's just keep jumping down here. Um, Verse 31, uh, we'll do this. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Paul says, of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. I want to stop here. So Paul, we skipped a whole part where he's talking to the church about the body And he talks about the parts of the body. And then he goes on to say, do we all have every one of those gifts? And he says, of course not. But what I want to say is he's not saying gifts aren't available to you. And I want to prove to you, because, and this might feel a little weird for you to hear it this way, I am first a follower of Jesus. I love Paul's letters, and it's scripture. And we believe it's, Good for our lives, right? Like scripture te- teaches us. That it's all applicable to our lives. But let me read some of Jesus' words which all of Paul's words have to submit to. We're going to jump now quickly to Luke 11, 11 through 13, okay? Because I think sometimes we read Paul's words right there and we think there's maybe one specific gift out there that's available to us and we have to determine what that gift from the Holy Spirit is and hopefully we find out and figure out which one it is and hopefully we don't desire a gift that isn't for us because then we'd have been wasting our time. Has anybody ever felt like that? Like oh maybe you know everyone talks about maybe being prophetic and prophesying and giving messages to people from God. Well I don't think that gift's for me. No that's not true it's for you. Or maybe you think, oh, I don't think the gift of tongues is for me. No, it's for you. Or I don't think the gift of healing is for me. That's for someone else. No, it's for you. And I want to tell you why. Right here in Luke 11, 11 through 13. Jesus is teaching on prayer here. And he says this, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now in this teaching on prayer, I remember reading this and always thinking, this, this line doesn't fit Jesus. We're talking about prayer. He's talking about keeping on asking and keeping Keep on knocking and the door will be open. He's saying these things about prayer, being persistent in our prayer to see something change in our life. And he's saying, you know, if, if, a, if a father in, on earth would give a good gift to their children here, how much more will the heavenly father give? Wouldn't he just say a good gift to them? But no, he says, give the Holy Spirit to them. So first I believe that Jesus is saying the, the gift that we really should all be asking for is the Holy Spirit. In all of our prayers, we always ask for results in our prayers, don't we? That's what I ask for. Jesus, take away this tumor. Jesus, do this miracle, specifically the way I want to see it, please. But yet really, I think the greatest prayer and thing we should be asking to receive is the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes... Well then yes, healing follows, miracles follow, all the things we just read follow. Prophecy, discernment, special knowledge, great faith, wise advice. When we ask for the Holy Spirit, we get far more than the result we're hoping for. And so Jesus kind of does this little switch on them when he's teaching on prayer and he says, how much more will, there, will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is what I want to say. The Holy Spirit is free to you who ask. So therefore, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are free to you who ask. I don't think if we come desiring a gift of the Holy Spirit in our life, that we can say, hey, Jesus, Holy Spirit, can, can I have this gift in my life? And he's like, no, sorry, that's for Bob. No, I'm sorry, that's just for Brad. Brad. Brad has the gift of patience, Sherry. You don't need it. I don't think that's the way it works. I think sincerely, Jesus and the Holy Spirit base the gifts we get on us. Our desire for them. Our ability to let the Holy Spirit into our life. And so when I say, Jesus, I need some faith. He's like, sorry, great faith is for Josh. I mean, didn't you just hear him pray? He has great faith, but not for you. Like, do you think that's how God operates? I don't think when I say it, we would say yes to that, but I think somehow we've let that in our being. No, that's for that person. Miracles, that's for that person. I mean, always good things happen to that, that family. Not, not for us, that's not for me. You know, maybe I'll just get the helps one. I mean, come on, don't we do this to ourselves? We downplay what God has available for every one of us. But yet what Jesus is saying is the Heavenly Father has great things for you through the Holy Spirit. If you ask. If we ask. We have to ask for it. So all of these gifts, wise advice, special knowledge, great faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, speaking in unknown languages, ability to interpret unknown, unknown languages, helping others, leadership, all of those things are available to every. One of us. But I want to jump down here. So listen. Chapters 12 through 14 are all about the Holy Spirit. But right in the middle of it is a chapter that many of us know, if you've ever been to a wedding, is chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13, right? And it's all about love, right? We quote this all the time. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. And we go on and on about love. And you see right at the end of chapter 12, Paul leaves. starts off with these words. Now listen, there were no chapters when Paul was writing, right? Paul's not like chapter 12 of my letter. No, it's all one big thought from Paul. And he says this, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. And then chapter 13 takes place, a chapter all about love. And at the end of it, he says 13, 13. Uh, 13 verse 13 says this. Three things will last forever, forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And then he says this in chapter 1 verse 14. Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. Listen. I believe love the love that Jesus has shown us, the love that Jesus says in John 15 as his great, really, commandment to all of us is love as I have loved you. I believe it only becomes possible within our lives to love in that capacity as a gift from the Holy Spirit. I think it's stuck right in the middle of all those things about the Holy Spirit because Paul is saying, listen, you want to love like God has taught you or showed you, then you need the Holy Spirit to love that way. I think even as Brian and Sherry share just a little bit about their marriage, any of us that have been in marriage for a long time and have seen it work, I'm telling you, it's a miracle. And, and we joke about that. And we shouldn't make marriage sound all tough and horrible because the benefits are far greater when we love correctly. When both parties are actually more trying to follow Jesus and then the love that comes out of them is a love from the Holy Spirit. A love that Jesus teaches us. A love for a person that we don't actually have within us except from the Holy Spirit. I think the greatest gift from the Holy Spirit is the ability to love correctly. The ability to love wholly. The ability to love like Jesus has loved us. So I'm telling you today, every one of these gifts is available to you. And then Paul gets into chapter 14, and I wanted to read a lot of this, but I'm not going to because I want to end with some uh, worship and some time in prayer for just a few minutes. But I want to say this. Sometimes we've made the whole speaking in tongues or speaking in unknown languages thing really weird. And I want to do my best in a very short period to explain this one to you. I believe... That we are not just bodies, right? I think all of us know this. We're spirit, too. It's why we've done a whole month on soul training, on this idea of spiritual training, that we know that within us is a spiritual person, not just the physical body we see. I mean, if, if anybody's seen anybody pass away, like the moment where they actually pass away, you know something changes. Something leaves. And that life is literally the spirit within us. And and I think that's what we believe, right? We know that when someone dies right now, the spirit goes to be with Jesus. The ultimate restoration, though, is that spirit comes back and God restores our bodies as well. But that spirit leaves. And so there's a spirit within us. And when we pray, you've probably heard people say it in this way, praying in the spirit. I believe when I pray in unknown languages or in tongues, that somehow my spirit bypasses my very, very corrupted human brain and connects with the Spirit of God in a way that nothing humanly I can do elsewise. Now, of course, it sounds weird. It sounds like gibberish. Even Paul says this, um, let me jump. Find the verse for real quick. He says, "Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in tongues, they will think you're crazy." Okay, they were saying the same thing two thousand years ago. If we don't understand these gifts, sure, they can look weird. But I'm telling you, when when we have that gift of our spirit connecting with the spirit of God, it bypasses. Our corrupt bodies in our brains and it connects in a way that nothing else does. I think that's a great gift. It does something to build within us this connection with the Holy Spirit. I think there's so that, I don't want to I'm gonna spend a whole day talking about speaking tongues, honestly, I could. Because really in Scripture we see two different ones. We see this miracle that takes place in Acts 2 where I speak in a language or someone speaks in a language that that is literally your native language from an unknown land or something. But then there's another gift that says speaking in your heavenly language, which is us speaking to God in a spiritual language no one understands unless you have the gift of discernment. And I believe the church, it's, it's a weird one, so the church has fought and argued over the legitimacy of this and whether it was needed or whether it's not needed. And in, in some ways, what has happened, the church has just avoided it. Like, hey, let's just not talk about that. It's like, it's like the weird uncle in your family. You're like, meh, let's just avoid talking about Harry. And so we've, we've put tongues into this weird category in Christianity and we've avoided it. We can't avoid what Scripture teaches what the Holy Spirit wants for us. We've got to be open and talk about it and have dialogue. We don't have to make it weird. In fact, 90% of the practice of this is for you. It's for yourself. It's really not for me to get up here and just speak out in tongues. Unless God's telling me to do that and someone's going to discern it. That's super rare. But I believe that for myself, when I'm praying, and when sometimes my English doesn't actually do justice, or or honestly, a lot of times when I speak in tongues to myself, it's because I don't have anything good to say. It's because I'm pretty well lost in that moment. I don't even know how to ask the Holy Spirit for help in English, and so I simply just speak in tongues. I speak in this language that God has given me. But most of you would probably say, I've never heard you do it. Well, yeah, because it's not for you. It's for me to Jesus, for me to the Holy Spirit. But God has that gift for you. It doesn't have to be weird. And guess how you get it? Ask. If you leave with anything today, this is what I want you to do. Actually, why don't we have the worship team come? And we're just going to do this for five minutes. If you're watching online and you're in this room, this is, I simply want to end here. Can we just ask today for something from the Holy Spirit? Wherever you're at with Jesus, wherever you're at with following God, maybe you're brand new Christian, maybe you have no idea about half of what I'm talking about, maybe you've been following God for 40 years or your whole life, I'm telling you, we can still ask for more. The Holy Spirit has these gifts available to us. You don't know? I, Listen, Paul's letters are not an all-encompassing picture of God, nor an all-encompassing picture of the Holy Spirit. So we've listed a few gifts of the Holy Spirit here, but I'm telling you there's more. Actually, there's an incredible story in Exodus 31, and it talks about a guy who says was filled with the Spirit of God for his craftsmanship. He's the guy who actually built built the tabernacle, And it talks about how he was filled with artisan craftsmanship. Are you good at your craft? It's probably from the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are far wider than what's just written here in a few letters from Paul. I think one of the greatest gifts that I believe God is working in me is patience. I'll tell you what, I wasn't born with it. That's for sure. It doesn't come naturally to me. And so what do I turn to? I turn to the Holy Spirit and I say, Holy Spirit, I need patience. I don't think the Holy Spirit's like, sorry, not one of my gifts. The Holy Spirit has gifts for your life and he wants to give them to you. And guess what? It can start right now. It can happen right now. It can happen in this room. It can happen at your home on the couch. It can happen in your car as you're riding or in the shower. The Holy Spirit wants to come in a deeper way in your life. He wants to give you gifts that you've never experienced before, and we simply just have to ask. Let's stand together. No, know we're running a little late today, but oh well. You know, actually, um, just before I came up, Nancy Hubert came up here and felt like uh, the Lord had given her a couple words of knowledge, meaning some things that might be happening in people's lives that she doesn't know about, but she feels are from God, and these were the three things, and they were actually just kind of illnesses happening, and when I believe when God gives knowledge like this, it's simply to increase faith so we can believe for healing, So we can believe for the impossible. And she felt like someone was dealing uh, with fainting spells and feeling faint often. God wants to heal you today. Someone was dealing with shingles. Maybe you're watching online. Someone was dealing with that disease of shingles. God wants to heal you today. Someone was dealing with issues in their right arm and and, uh, sensations and tingling in their right arm. I believe God wants to pinpoint things in our life to prove that he knows us and knows what's going on. So I'm going to pray right now, and they're going to sing a song. And after I pray, what I simply want you to do, wherever you're at, is ask the Holy Spirit for something today. Ask the Holy Spirit for something. There's a list for you right there on the notes, but I think it doesn't have to pertain to that list. What gift do you think the Holy Spirit wants to give you today? So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're not distant from us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are available to us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that the Father, that Jesus has sent you to us, that you're our advocate, that we can know you this morning, that you can come in close to our lives this morning. And Holy Spirit, we just, we don't want to hold you at a distance. We don't want to kind of put you off in this weird category of Christianity. God, we want all that you have for us. So Holy Spirit, we invite you in today. And as we worship together, Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would even just kind of whisper a thought into every person's mind of what they should be asking for today. Of what gift they should be coming to know. Of what gift they need in their lives, even in this moment, in this season. So Holy Spirit, come right now. Why don't we worship and uh, just take a few minutes to pray and ask.
1: There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare your living hope, your presence, Lord. And I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is on. to be. the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is up
2: you free.
0: Spirit, we invite you in this morning. God, we invite you into every area of our lives. We want to know you more. Father, we don't want to keep you at arm's distance. Jesus, we don't want to just follow you a little bit. Holy Spirit, we don't want to just not think about you. God, we just invite all of you into our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you would just kind of press on our hearts this morning the gifts that you want to deposit into us, that you want to impart into our lives. Holy Spirit, let us rely on you each day. Let us come to you for the things that we need, God, for the gifts we need to do your work in this world. So Holy Spirit, I ask right now that every person that has asked Every person that has whispered something out loud, that has whispered something in their heart of a desire to experience your gifts, God, I ask right now that those things would pour out in Jesus' name. That your gifts would pour out on every person watching, every person coming across this later, God, every person in this room, that your gifts would pour out on us. God, let us experience your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let us experience your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that we just have to ask. God, I ask for your blessing over every person today, over every person online, over every family, God, over every family situation, God, even as today is a day of celebrating relationships, God, we ask right now your blessing over relationships, God. We ask for miracles in relationships right now. And God, we thank you for what you're doing God, uh, we thank you for your favor upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day. If you are staying for the small group, uh, house church leaders meeting that'll be starting right at noon. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.